Lucas Tigers and Bronze is brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. HGA is revolutionizing the industry by implementing software that will allow them to scan, analyze, and grade cards without subjectivity. This allows for consistent and unbiased grading. They have an easy submission process and best-in-class customer service. Their pricing model is simple. Pay by the day, not by the value of the card. And when they say 10 business days, they mean 10 business days. Oh, what's going on, Luca Nation? We're back from Fourth of July, and uh, some some people are going to be smacked in the face by that by today. So I hope today's episode is uh, <laughs> a sigh of relief when you guys are listening to it. You're 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 listening at seven p.m., eight p.m. You're done with your work day. Uh, life is good. And you get to tune into Cage and Andrew, uh, just chop it up and talk all things sports hobby. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. We're going to talk about a few topics. But first one, I mean, we got to shed light on the only alt purchase, right? Record sale. You said a, there's going to be a, a record sale this year. I asked you how I many did. record sales are going to be before 2025 and if we're going to see a seven-figure sale. Cage, have you had a chance to look at that sale at all? Because it's a little confusing to me. The way I understand yeah. it is they've acquired... 51% of the, the Babyface Assassin. Just It's a beautiful card. One of one Steph Curry Auto logo, man. One of the nicest cards out there. Um, but it's only 51% at a 5.9 million valuation, right? It's not that they've paid 5.9 million for 51%. That would be a misinterpretation, right? So are they selling it? Don't ask questions you don't know the answer to. Are they they going – well, because the way you describe it, it's like a 51%. It sounds kind of like a, um, you know, like a um, like fractional share kind of thing. Like are they selling 51%? Did they buy the whole thing and they're offering 49% and that kind of stuff? Or what are they doing? Because I think the way that they did it, right, is they do funds. So Alt has what's now going to be called Alt Fund 2. And the anchor of that fund is going to be the Steph Curry National Treasure 101 logo man. They said they purchased 51% of it at a valuation of $5.9 million. So if that's the article, and that's what what I read, remember, these articles, they change, they get amended, they get the whole deal. Mm -hmm. Darren Ravel posted this on on the the Action Network. Some people think Darren's the most reliable person on earth. Some people say that he's not, right? Uh, it depends on where you where you sit on on the reporting, but basically, yes, the way that they are saying here is um, they did not purchase the whole card. That their fund, the Alt Fund Two, will have the 09 Steph Curry National Treasure One Hundred One Rookie Logo Man that they claim to have purchased fifty one percent of at a valuation of five point nine million dollars. So yeah, again, does that Leave something be desired to you, Mr. Fan. I want to know more. It would be, it, I know we're in a funny stage with the hobby, and we don't want regulation, but we want some kind of regulation. I imagine when there's like valuations like this in the stock market, they have to be approved by the SEC, right? They have to have a little bit of a format mm-hmm. to them. So there's not some ambiguity, uh, even in just how things are worded. So I, I'm curious. Uh, it, it, a lot, a lot is left to be desired. A lot is, is left to be figured out in exactly what this valuation means. Um, but it's exciting too for the hobby. 
it, it's super exciting. Yeah, I mean, listen, here's the the fun of it, right? It's um, they purchased the LeBron, right? Like yep. that was the same company that purchased, but they bought yep. the whole LeBron. Yep. Right. Yep. They bought the whole LeBron. And, you know, what was it, a BGS 9.5, and, and they paid 1.8 for the Exquisite 03, right? So that's, that's easy. Right. It's clean. They own it. It's, you know, they have the card. They have it. It's in their fund. And the fund that they built is backed by that card. This one here. Um, Who owns the 49%? Uh, uh, that's the fun part, right? So the, the releases that I get, like Forbes and whatnot, they say things like this. The funds are open to accredited investors only, which allows all to determine who's permitted to invest. So if they want you to invest, they'll let you invest if, you, if they consider you accredited today. The company on, on this fund has not divulged the size of the fund, nor have they disclosed who owns the remaining 49% of the Curry card or from whom they purchased it. The card, however, will be stored in the alt vault. So that's important, right? Because... That means they're – let's compare it to recent sales that are purchased, a small percentage offered, and it stays in the same museum that it was in. This is all buying a majority share of an asset and taking mm -hmm. it and taking possession of it. This way their fund is backed by an actual asset that they have and they own the majority share of. To me, that's a little more concrete, right? Mm -hmm. Than, than you know offering one percent of a fractional and it's not actually you know not actually taking control of it and and and, and this this is fractional really in theory right because they they bought fifty one there's still a, an owner probably the previous owner who's like I want to own some of the card I'll sell you fifty one percent yes so it's fractional vis a vis there are two people owning this right but it's not fractional like they're gonna now offer that card in $10 slices. Yeah, the the fund, so the fund will have multiple investors in it who will each have a, 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 you know, a perceived percent of each one of the cards that are in the fund. So in that regard, sure, it's fractional the same way that investing in a company is fractional. And people shouldn't think of this as such a foreign thing, I, I don't think, because you know, there are private companies, public companies where somebody owns 51% of the company all the time. And they're the majority shareholder. They're the majority owner of the company and they control the company itself. And, you know, then there are minority owners. It happens with sports teams. It happens with, you know, the publicly traded companies and private companies. So, you know, what we're seeing is a change. And I think what we're seeing is some creativity in how um, – companies do this stuff and also mm -hmm. obtain the headlines is that fair to say right because they didn't spend 5.9 million dollars but now they can stake claim to the most expensive card ever being in their old fund too and in their vault even though they did not lay out 5.9 million dollars they laid out probably 3 million which gives them a 51 percent share of a 5.9 million dollar card make sense makes sense to me now that you've explained it and now we kind of went through it and, and hashed it out, I, I, it does make sense. I think it's cool. I think it's very cool because, you know, think about it. You can go back and there were always records set of these things. There were always like, you know, oh, the Honus Wagner sells for this, the Gretzky sells for this. There are more and more of those headlines and they're higher priced and they're on mainstream outlets like a Forbes or ESPN or Yahoo News or wherever you're getting your, your news from. Um, and it's cool to see those ever climbing record prices hit because as they do, it brings more attention, more investment, more legitimacy to this as an alternate asset class. 
And, you know, I mean, how can you not look at that and say, okay, the most expensive card is $5.9 million out there. There are other one-of-one rookies of players who are could potentially better than Steph Curry. Is this going to be the most expensive card ever? I think it, it it bolsters my thought process when you asked me a month or two ago about about record prices, and I told you the record will be broken again this year. I'll double down and say I bet you this one gets broken soon too. Here's where here's where my mind went, um, and only all they're a Bay Area company, so there may be a little bit of like how much they love Curry and, and the the Warriors. So sure. if we could take that out of the equation. Where my mind goes is, and it's really hard to do this, but like apples to apples, there's almost no way to do it, but let's try. Apples to apples, LeBron James cards long-term versus Steph Curry cards long-term. Keish, where where do you put your money? What's a better long-term investment? Hmm. It's it's a good question, right? Because Curry just beat the LeBron exquisite. Sure, it's a one-of-one, and you can't compare that to an RPA of uh, exquisite LeBron. But I'm curious. I mean, these guys, are they more neck and neck than we've given them credit for? Well, I mean, Curry's a little younger. Uh, it looks like that team's going to go for it again next year and close the gap. But I think, honestly, I mean, with all the, the you know the personal accolades and the, um, and the championships, LeBron is probably where I would put my money over Steph. But the gap is not as wide as you would think. Does that make sense? If I was starting a team, I would take Steph over LeBron, and I know a lot of people out there would hate me for saying that. Uh, I, I think a lot of what what Steph does brings he brings culture and leadership to the locker room. I'm not saying LeBron doesn't. Please don't kill me. Uh, I'm just saying from what I've watched with Steph. So to me, I think Steph's got something left in the tank, and I think this Warriors team could win a championship if not two still. So for me, it's Steph. Uh, but I'm curious. I, I could all open this up for our uh, for our audience. What do you guys think? What's a better long-term investment? Is it LeBron or is it Steph? And we could go maybe Topps Chrome, Topps Chrome Refractor PSA 10. We could use that as the apples-to-apples comparison, uh, if that's better, because there's no real true RPA for uh, Curry. There's the upper deck exquisite RPA for LeBron. I mean, I like it. I like it. I I mean, I'd love to have an apples-to-apples comparison. We don't. I mean, one on one logo man type of stuff, you know. I mean, it's a really cool card. Yep. Um, you know, we've seen Steph's cards going up. Um, I think it's more of like a trophy piece. You know, and it's more of it's more of a headline grabber. It's more of a hey, you know, um, we're the only fund that could have this. You know what I mean? Every fund can have a Michael Jordan eighty six Fleer PSA ten if they wanted it. Yep. But not everyone can have this card. So. And I love the logo man. I- I'm a big fan of the older logo man with like the thread, you know, because some of the newer ones are more like printed on. I love the thread uh, logo, man. Like this one. You're right. It's one of the nicest cards. All right, let's move because PSA. I'm a. I feel for group subbers. I feel for people that are waiting for their cards from 20 day subs from you know August, September, November, December of last year. Cage. I mean. I don't even know which direction you, we, we could take this, but like, well, let me ask you a question, right? Sure. A lot of group subbers are out there, and they're they're, um, you know, I'll ask in, in 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 this way. I'm a little nervous for some group subbers, and here's why. Do you remember Tops 2020? You know, the Project 2020 yes. before COVID and all that stuff happened. There was a guy. You got to check out his. Tops Twitter. 2020 was NFTs before NFTs were a thing. Well, so I hope not for people who have NFTs, but. There was a guy, I think his name was Twins Jake on Twitter. And 
when when Top Twenty Twenty happened, what he was doing was he was going out and he was buying a hundred or two hundred of the Top Twenty Twenties for the the price that that Tops was offering them at, and then he was pre-selling them to people for basically the same price. Not not a huge markup, you know, but he was getting them cheaper because he was buying them in bulk, and he was also giving himself a chance at getting. Um, you know, the golds, the artist proofs, the 20 out of 20, you know, like the, you know, the, the, the cool little additions that were randomly inserted. Right. And what was amazing was a month into the project, when people were starting to pay thousands of dollars for these, this guy was, he was holding his hit to his word. He wasn't screwing those pre-orders over. And when the, when the orders came in said, I'm not going to tell you this for the 1999 that you, you pre-ordered it for, um, even though it's selling for a thousand or fifteen hundred or two thousand dollars, you got your card, which is amazing. But I remember what happened was when he was pre pre once the thing went completely tank and he was doing the pre orders and it and people had pre ordered, he was getting a ton of cancellations on eBay. People were just canceling and not buying because the things weren't even worth what what he was charging for, just like the face value, the twenty bucks, whatever it was. They were they were they became a loss. Everyone was canceling on him. So here's a guy who was now at the peak spending thousands of dollars with these pre-orders, getting these things in and like mailing them out. And basically like, I don't know if the guy had to go bankrupt. I have no idea what the story was. There were more than just this one guy, but I remember following him on Twitter and thinking, wow, you know, when the going's good, he did the right thing for folks, I think. Um, and was still sending people their cards. But when the going got bad for folks, they all canceled on him. You know what I mean? And I thought to myself, I wonder if, the group subbers are going to see people who sub 10 or 20 base cam reddishes or I mean, cam reddish might be worth it now, but base cam Johnson or Tyler hero, whatever it is. And know that if they come back with, with a bunch of nines, they're going to lose money even on the grading fee. I wonder if those grades are going to come back and, and the, gr- the group subbers are going to email them or message them or send a little thing on Instagram and say, Hey, you owe me X. And not going to get a response. You know, I wonder if the group server is going to be dealing with that going forward. What do you think? I, I hope not, but it seems inevitable. I mean, I guess it depends, right? It depends on what's in there. It depends on what cards are in there. You know, like what you what you subbed. Well, 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 it's funny. So I have a group sub out before we started even doing subs. So I think it was from August, and there's a Luca Prism Silver PSA, uh, Luca Prism Silver in there. All right, so I, I sent that in. I chose. 20 day for a reason because I heard that the five, the two day graders are more experienced. So they may scrutinize a card like that a lot more. So I just tucked it away in a 20 day. We'll see. I, I don't know the grade, but anyway, the grades popped in theory last Tuesday, I think it was. And I paid, I paid my upcharge fee, but I don't know the grades yet, Cage. And the reason that is, is because other people in that sub still haven't paid. And think about that. Oh, wow. That's, think about see, that. I mean, that's another layer to what I was talking about, too. If, if this would have happened last June, the guy, the person would have paid in minutes because they want that grade back right away. Some people were, when the market was hot, they were selling the picture of the grade before the card was even back in their hands. Oh, yeah. So they wanted that grade back. Now, here we are five, six days later, and it was a long holiday. So who, who knows what's actually going on? Uh, has someone not paid? Is that why I don't have my grades back? Because, you know, it's a, it's, it's a sub. And before K, uh, KK, or who I subbed through, and shout out to KK. He's been amazing. Uh, I've known him for a little over a year now. He's been, he's been great. 
he has to pay PSA. And if someone hasn't paid him, he's waiting. He's waiting for that final payment. And all of us are waiting to get grades back. Uh, so it's really interesting. It's really going to be interesting to see what happens in these next five to six months, especially if cards keep, especially most of the cards in these subs are, are modern, especially if these modern cards st keep kind of finding their floor, so to speak, are more and more people going to kind of default on their grading? I don't know, uh, but it's a topic that we wanted to discuss today uh, with you guys. I'm curious to hear, you know, well, what are you your... Another little thing was thrown into that because that's, I mean, that's a little crazy because uh, what are the group subbers going to do with that, right? Are they going to are they going to break up the group sub, send it back to the people? I mean, they can't get the cards back until the whole sub is paid for, right? Are they going to have to front that money? Are they just not going to pay for the thing until everyone in the group pays for it? I mean, that's it. That, I didn't even think of that. They're gonna. I think they're. Here, here's the thing. They're gonna have to front the money. More than likely, if they consign those cards, they're gonna recoup all, if not more, than what they paid for on those subs. But I think that's a little like. I think that's worrisome for a business who's never done that before, right? Like, I don't think the cards in the sub are going to be less than the total grading fees. That would be. That wouldn't make sense. I don't think the market's fallen that much. Of course, I, I haven't run the math on that. But at the same time, who knows if the group subbers are sitting on that much cash? They have overhead. They have a warehouse. They have employees. They have things like that. And they rely on a set business model, not shelling out cash or basically giving out a loan and then waiting for consignment to come through, waiting to get paid. That's a, that's a month. That's two months to, before they get their money back. Some businesses don't have that float. Okay. I mean, very interesting stuff. <laughs> I mean, really very interesting stuff. I'm curious to see what happens. And I mean, there are many, many layers to this. What you just said, I, that now, it, it, it boggles the mind, the possibilities. Because, yeah, I mean, what happens? I mean, the, the, some of these group subs have, what, 20, 30, 40, 50 people in them, right? And Minimum. Some of these are huge, man. And you got to get everybody to pay. Or else you, everyone doesn't get the cards back. You're waiting on one or two people to pay. A lot of these group subbers don't don't charge until the until the back end because you know with PSA there's upcharges and things like that, so they don't know your exact amount. So they they waited till the back end for for pay for payment. But I'll I'll tell you guys if you're out there and your cards if you're in a sub and your cards have gotten demolished, we're right there with you. Uh, I would hope that you wouldn't be that guy. You know, we say don't be that guy that returns a card on day thirty to eBay. Uh, when Darius Slayton gets injured, don't be that guy that reneges on uh, a grading fee payment. Because if you want the returns of 10x when you grade a card for thir the $30 card and it becomes a $300 card, if you want those returns, you got to eat your losses when they go the other way. So, so I hope, uh, I doubt anyone from Luca Nation would even think of that, but we have friends and friends of friends in the hobby. So, I hope we could kind of create a movement that we, we don't leave group subbers holding the bag when they've helped us so much. All right. Makes sense to me. All right. Cage, let's talk about a card that I found today that I wanted to make a play, but it was already priced like a maniac, and I didn't understand why. Cool. Let's talk about it. That it's sounds exciting. It's the upper deck. Um, I'll, I'll read you the card. It's the upper deck rookie card for Luca. It's actually from his Real Madrid days. It's a 2016 upper deck Euro league card with like a rainbow foil. Mm -hmm. Beautiful card. It's him in 2016. What's he like a 16 year old, 17 year old. 
That's his first card. It's an upper deck. It's a licensed card. But people are charging twenty five thousand or best offer for a P for a PSA ten, and you want to make that a play, right? Like I, I think that's a cool card. It's a super low pop, but you can't be buying a card at that price, can you? I mean, here's one fifteen thousand or best offer. I'm going to show you guys a screen share for our YouTube customers, our YouTube listeners. Go, sorry, Cage. No, the answer is no. You're not gonna. You're not gonna be paying that for the card. I mean, and there are versions that are not just the rainbow foil. Let me see that one that you're that you're doing there. This one doesn't even look like the rainbow foil. This one might have got mislabeled. I mean, I've seen that card. A lot of people like it. A lot of people do not like it because it's not as uniform. It's not, you know. Um, you know, he's not wearing a pro uniform. He's not, a, you know. He was wearing a Real Madrid uniform. That's not considered professional? No, not not an NBA uniform. You know, I mean, that's – I mean, there's so many different – you know, there's an autographed version of that card? Yep. I'll pull that up in a second. You know, there's a rainbow foil of it. There's all kinds of fun stuff. So – There's an HGA-graded one too. Yep, I saw that. It was a nine – So, so you, you're not a buyer? No. Would you, no buy a, not. would you buy a 5K? No. I mean, I don't – I listen, to See, me – doesn't this one look like the rainbow foil? I guess when you scan it in, it, it – Yeah. It does look like the rainbow foil, actually. Some of them don't look like that. It looks like a rainbow foil. That's definitely rainbow foil, that one. Yeah, that one definitely is. Um, so, you, so you're not a buyer of that card? No. No, I mean, if I'm going to get an ancillary upper deck Luca and I'm spending that kind of money, I'll buy, you know, they made upper deck Goodwin. I mean, years later, obviously, it was 2019. They made an exquisite rookie patch of Luca. Have you ever seen that one? I mean, that's a cool looking card. We all like the way that the exquisite looks. Looks like the LeBron, you know, and they have those RPAs out of 99 and, and that kind of stuff. I'm looking for like a weird, non quote unquote, non licensed. You know, card. That's what I'm gonna go with. This is a. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a cool card because it's. You could argue that it's the first licensed "quote unquote" rookie card because Upper Deck obviously has a license. It didn't have an NBA license. Yep. Um, but here's to, here's the auto one cage if you if you want to take a look real quick. Yeah, that's cool. That's a cool one too. I mean, ungraded versions of it are are you know they're approachable, not not cheap, but approachable, um, and. Uh, I just listen. I, to me, those are almost like gimmick cards, right? They're like they're like XRCs, you know. They're like uh, they're they're um, Prism Draft is the best thing that I can come up with close to it, right? Wow. Which is cool, you know. It's like a college card. It's like a pre card. Um, but to me, the only people who are gonna hang on to a um, you know, a prism draft Zion when he's got a real prism card are like huge Duke fans. Same thing with this. You know, if you're a Euro League fan and you were a fan of him when he played for that team and, you know, that kind of stuff, I can see you, you know, spending the kind of money that we're talking about for, for this kind of a card. But not not me. Not, it wouldn't be where I put my, my loot. I think that this is a, a perfect example of supply and demand. There are probably people who are listening to this and don't even know this card exists. And when you have that kind of a card, that means the demand's not there for it. You know what I mean? You you, you definitely want something that everybody knows about. You know, you think Luca, probably eight or nine different cards come to your mind 
and this is not one of them. Agreed. And, and, and it, 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 I don't know what this 15,000, 10,000, you know, you, you might have to ask, like, do I want just the mainstream two two prism silver PSA 10s that have fallen, you know, 30, 40, 50%. I'm going to get into my play cage. Okay. Nice. So that was here. My play is um, it, it's pretty basic. It's actually a base card. It's a play that you gave before last season, but I think it's, uh, you know, second chances are endearing. And this is someone, you know, we always expect people to take that next step up when they're given an opportunity. This is a guy that didn't do that, but I think I reserve faith. I reserve hope for him. And uh, I have faith that Mr. Rod Smith, someone we did an episode with, is uh, maybe providing some great mentoring to him. Uh, and his wide receivers. And that's Mr. Drew Locke. Okay, okay, so his cards have gotten a beating, a beating. And you could get his Prism PSA 10 now for $50. One sold for $49.88 on auction. Okay, so we're, we're talking less than, a, you know, two for 100, let's say. There's definitely people out there with volume. And it's not the highest pop card. It's not the lowest pop card, but it's not the highest pop card. I do expect the population to go up, but I actually think I'm going to see more nines added to the population report than tens, the way that this is all trending. There's 4,200 graded right now, 2,400 are PSA tens, 1,700 nines, and then the rest are sprinkled through eight sevens and whatever. Uh, and if you could get that PSA 10, you got it for 50 bucks and get two for 150. We're going to national. I guarantee you there's going to be people there that are willing to unload those base cheap, cheap, cheap. Maybe you'll get five for 200 bucks, so 40 a piece, or even more uh, more discounted. This is someone to take a look at because he's still the starting quarterback. It's a team that hasn't had success, but, you know, things do click. They, they do click. Um, he's going to be in a competitive division playing against Herbert, playing against Mahomes. We got uh, Cage's Raiders there. Uh, I, think, uh, I think he could have a decent year, and in the off chance that he really, really surprises – I think this is going to be a $100 card, a $125 card. And I think it's been beaten down so much. It hasn't even had the pre, uh, pre-opening pre day run-up, pre-kickoff run-up. And I think it will have a little bit of that. So take a look at that. Take a look at Drew Locke, Prism PSA 10. You're getting it cheap now, 50 bucks. Uh, you might want to wait and see if you get it at the National or Dallas show. That's my play. Like and speaking it. of that, speaking of that, we've got to give a shout-out to um, our fan – our community member is really active. MBT Sports Cards will. We're going to be, Luca Nation, we're going to be doing a fantasy football thing with you guys. So if there's any interest in that, any interest in doing like a Luca Nation fantasy football league, uh, shoot us a DM. We're starting to kind of field and see if there's any any interest in that. We'll set it up. It could be fun. Lovely. Or, you know, it couldn't be fun. It would just be the whole thing be terrible. But you never know. I hope not. <laughs> I just like ah, it could be fun. Of course, it's gonna be fun. You're there. Let's go. Have some confidence. It's gonna be a lot. Of, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Right. Hell yeah! All right. Um, All right. It's gonna yes. be a blast. If you're one of the, the first couple people that listen to this stuff, right? You download it. We release it at seven o'clock at night. You know, on Eastern time. If you're listening to this in that first hour, two hours, you name it. Go ahead and check out our partners, Starstock. Their breaks. Go ahead and head over to their to their site and. From 7 o'clock to, like, I th- about 11. I know the last break is about 10 o'clock prism. Um, we're going to be on there. So if you happen to be listening to this right when it gets released and that, you know, 7 to 10 o'clock Eastern time, head on over to Starstock Breaks and uh, and take a take take a watch 
get in those breaks and uh, and watch yours truly at 10 p.m. break in the 2018 prison basketball box. So that should be fun uh, with the crew over at Bleaker Trading. Um, yeah, so, dude, I like it. I like all that stuff. So I'm going to give um, a fun one, right? You know, we, we try to do these, these plays. We try to keep people interested in, in the hobby, try to keep people, you know, um, you know, engaged in this stuff, what you used to collect, what might be a, a play, um, and what you can have fun with. You know me, I am a child of the 80s, right? And I love the baseball cards from the 80s. And I've noticed that, um, you know, some of the cards from the 80s have become really sought after commodities, even though it was definitely a junk wax era. Um, and the cards I'm talking about were Topps Limited Production um called Topps Tiffany. We've talked about these cards every now and again, right? Where they were limited production of like the Topps set and the Topps baseball set uh, and the, you know, the updates traded set. So like the 86 Topps traded in, in Topps traded Tiffany has Bo Jackson, Barry Bonds. I mean, these cards command four figures in PSA 10, um, you know, sometimes more. The Roger Clemens from 1985. For our YouTube, for our you YouTube viewers, here you go. Here's the Bo, Jacks, Bo Jackson so one. And it's got a different, it's got like a shinier back than the mm -hmm. other cards um and these cards are pretty hard to find because they were they were printed in in small quantities to begin with and you know that 86 has a black border the mcguire is huge the mcguire from 85 tops is a huge highly sought after tops tiffany you go to 87 tops you know the maddox is a big one um you know all the way up to 89 where um you know ken griffey jr is a sought after one and he thinks you know they, they sell for plenty of money the, you know the griffey bowman tiffany is is plenty and I'm looking at those and I'm like, all right, those things have run up, right? Is there another potential play for people who like to collect those guys? And, you know, not just Griffey, but if you're a Maddox guy, if you're somebody who wants, um, you know, a Barry Bonds or a Bo Jackson from 87 or any of those uh, kind, the, co the, 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 the actual production numbers are, um, they're questionable. You know, for example, Topps, Tiffany, Basin traded in 1987. They only did 30,000 total, right? Which sounds like a lot. <laughs> it's not a lot. And the tens have, you know, minuscule population numbers. Um, in that time period, 87, 88, 89, there were other card companies. And one of the big competitors to Topps was Fleer. And you guys know this, right? And, and they did, they did uh, you know, basketball cards in the 80s. But their baseball sets... They did not a Tiffany, but what they did as like a competitor to Topps Tiffany was Fleer Glossy, an '87 Fleer Glossy base and update did about seventy-five to hundred thousand print runs, so way more than the Topps, about three times. '88 Fleer Glossy base and update about forty to sixty, so you know one and a half to double. And '89 Fleer Glossy they didn't do an update, but only about thirty thousand in that, which means the like the Griffey and Fleer Glossy doesn't sell for much less than the tops. You know, it's a, it's a pretty cool alternative. But what I like, especially because, you know, the Fleer Glossy, they're cool-looking cards. They're shinier-looking cards. Um, if you happen to be somebody who wants to grab a cool, limited, low-pop, and not killer price card of one of the pros from the 80s, take a look at, like, the 87 Fleer set where you can find the Maguire, the Maguire's first Fleer card, or a Barry Bonds um from 1987 fleer um you know 88 does bonds and, not get a lot of love because of um yeah he does the steroid thing he does but i mean mcguire's in there maddox is in there you know um you got randy johnson's in 89 if you like him with ken griffey jr i mean there's a whole host of 
of folks who who you can grab in these Fleer Glossy. Um, and they're not, even in PSA 10, they're not killer prices. They're significantly lower than the Tops variant on it. And I've noticed the top stuff, you know, start to move up a bit um, in recent times. And I, I don't think that the Fleer Glossy um, cards are making a, a similar move just yet. Um, but look, I mean, you know, pull up like the 87 Fleer Glossy, um, you know, Barry Bonds card, right? It's a pretty cool card. It's card number 604. Um, and, um, you'll recognize the card, you know, blue border, but it's got a cooler look than the regular card does. It's shinier. It's, you know, it's, you know, and while this is going to sound nuts when you compare it to like prism cards and whatnot, that's a Fleer rookie of Barry Bonds and there's only 567 tens. Right, it's not it's not twenty tens, it's not fifty tens, but five hundred sixty seven of Barry Bonds of a mass produced, you know, eighties junk era baseball card. That's you know that's something that if you're going to invest in that um, in that era, you know Barry Larkin, if you're Will Clark, Bo Jackson, Barry Bonds, um, you know these were only released as factory sets through hobby dealers, and you know I'd love to have a an actual you know production number for you, but. I, you know, I don't, you know, some people say as many as, as many as like a hundred thousand were made in 87, but by the time it got to 89 Fleer, significantly less out there. And, um, you know, like name a guy for me, you know, you're not a huge baseball guy, but name a, name a baseball guy, you know, like Barry Bonds. This is obviously later year. I like, but I like to hit hit the main guys, but Bonds in 89, he didn't have a card. There's only 78 Bonds. Craig Biggio was a big card that year. is only 87. Nolan Ryan, there's only 155. The Randy Johnson rookie, you know, there's only 122. These are PSA 10s that I'm talking about now, you know. Um, so, you know, Ken Griffey Jr., take a guess. The 89 Fleer, PSA 10, 89 Fleer, glossy. Take a guess how many there are. 97. Ah, you're 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 much closer than I mean. Obviously, I set that one up. There's only 118 of them. That's pretty low for a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, right? I mean, the, by comparison, the the regular Fleer is more than 10 times that, I'm sure. But 118—that's pretty light. And it's if you look it up, it's not a killer cost. I mean, listen, it's not cheap. But if you're looking to add some guys to your collection from the 80s. Um, you know, Tom Glavin, you wanted Tom Glavin. There's only 16 PSA 10s. Wow. For Tom Glavin. So, so John Smoltz is 142. <laughs> the Billy Ripken is only 18 of, but that's not the right Ripken. But, uh, you know, because they, the, the, by the time the glossy set came out, they knew about the arrow on the knob of the bat. So they, uh, they put the black box over it. So it's not as much fun as the regular set. So no, no fun there. You remember the arrow I'm talking about, right? The Billy Ripken or no? I, I was born in 89, Cage. But do you so. remember the error or no? I've mentioned this. It was my play once. The Billy Ripken error card? Yeah. You don't remember it? You don't remember I, my, uh, the error? No. no. Huh? Yes, but no. Yes, but no. Explain that to me. How does it? I'm looking for the glossy, Cage. I can't multitask. How, you know that. How is it a yes and not an, and a no at the same time? This is what so, I want to know. So this is Ken Griffey Jr. It looks like he's sweating like a beast today. Yeah. In this card. <laughs> Dude, maybe drop the phone. You know, you're normally not that funny. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Nice card though. But yeah, he's got. He, he's Look at this one. Sweating. 
Look at this one. This is a look like Mother's Day cookies. Mother's cookies. Yeah, Mother's Hank. cookies. They've been doing cards for a long time. Type in, you know, type in Mother's cookies, Hank Aaron, and you'll find one. But dude, you don't remember this card? You don't remember that? You don't remember? Like, we want to zoom in on the knob of the back for anybody who, uh, who doesn't know. You know. Oh right, right, right. Yes. <laughs> so by the time they did the glossy one, they got rid of that. They weren't adding. They weren't doubling down on that fun error for us kids out there. 12 years old at the time that came out. I thought it was the funniest thing that ever happened in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, guys, listen, the, the, the point here is most people know Topps Tiffany. Um, it's kind of become sort of like a go-to version of base because everybody doesn't want base. Everybody's like, oh, don't, don't buy base. So it's become sort of like a limited version of the base. If it's gotten too expensive or too hard to find in a, you know, in a, in a high grade, Flair Glossy is a cool alternative for that. Um, I don't own any of these, but I'm going to start grabbing some myself um, of the guys that I like who are different than the guys you like. I mean, I'm talking about like cool cards, like the 85 Tops Ricky Henderson is a cool card I like, you know, but maybe the Flip Glossy, I'll grab some, you know, I'll grab some of these guys. I always liked Jose Canseco, you know, Jose Canseco had a cool card in the Flair set 89 called Speed and Power. Uh, that was a cool card because remember he was like the first 40-40 guy, so... Fun stuff. Jose Canseco's daughter, uh, she's quite a looker. You know, I can always count on Josie. You. I can always take it. I always count on you to take it to another level. I think she oh. used to date one of the Paul brothers, actually. I'm not sure if that's true. Okay. All right. I, I am definitely not up on the social comings and goings of um, the, who, the, who the influencers, the Instagram influencers of the, of t of the day are dating. Well, Jose Canseco's children was what I was going to say. But, yeah, I mean, the influencers, too. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that, <laughs> that's one way of going. As Dude, well. they're in their 20s now. Jeez. These I'm guys, so these, old. These, I mean, you're not wrong about that last statement. That I'm old? I know. I'm, I'm not old. I'm not going to be the one saying that. I'm old. I get it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely am. So what else are we leaving our friends with? So we told them today that uh, only alt – so Steph Curry has set a new record, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. We told him today, don't be that guy when it comes to group subbers. Make sure uh, group subbers were there for you. Make sure you are there for them. Mm -hmm. um, don't leave them holding the bag. Don't leave them holding the bag. We got some cool card plays. We let them know that they're listening to this. Check out the Star Stop Breaks. Um, anything else? Any other fine words of wisdom? Listen, I'm going to leave it for you. I'm going to let you close with this. But I have a question, right? You, you're talking about how you were smacking people in the face with something. I don't know. You were using something of yours to smack them in the face. The you know the long weekend ended and people were smacked. They got smacked by something, right? It's great. It's a, 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 I mean, I had a picture in my brain. It was a weird mental image. But anyway, we'll leave it there. You're so stupid. So, so, so for folks who are having you know a, little, a tough time, the doldrums, the dog days of summer, right? You got any like words of wisdom, any yogi, guru, you know, Andrew type stuff, you know, a little own, little turn on the meditation music, a little, you know, what do you, what, what do you got for people today? You got a joke? You got something? <laughs> I'm not an off the cuff jokester. I'm, I'm a much more in conversation jokester. But I mean, dude, what, what do you mean? Like if you were having a long day, dude, yeah, I'm man. an exercise guy. I'm exercise through and through and, and not for like the physical benefits. Exercise to me is like, getting on uh, a foundation, getting on even flooring. So like if that's going for a walk, if that's leaving work uh, for an hour and doing uh, going to your gym, if that's some sort of physical activity, to me, that's always number one. 
A second one that I, I've recently picked up is, is reading. Just like leaving your phone at the office and going somewhere, drinking a cup of coffee or tea and just reading for 20 minutes. Those are the two. I'm, you know, I'm not a theorist. As much as people might think like I'm, my head's in the clouds, I've always been action oriented. So like when I'm not feeling right, I know these are the three things that I need to do. These are three action steps. Uh, so for me, going for a walk, like tonight you're going to be a bleaker. Let's hypothetically say you were having a long day. It's been crazy. You got to flip your state. Don't go on the subway. Go for a walk. Go for a walk. Clear your mind. So that, that to me, I've always been a, an action-oriented guy. That's where I would go. And on that walk, I would um, – I've been doing this more is just like – Positive affirmations and dreaming. Let your brain go and dream about things that you want to see happen. Not all the things that aren't going right, like how this day was a mess and all that. Use this walk. Use this meditation to focus on things that are going well in your life. Gratitude. You can't be angry and grateful at the same time. So focus on gratitude and let your mind dream a little bit. So so those that would be my move. There we go. Listen, it's Tuesday. You know, you came into this episode smacking people in the face with something, and you know, you you end it by giving them. It was know, a four day weekend. I mean, people yeah. have been smacked in the face when they wake up Tuesday. Like, oh, trust me, dude, I'm with you. I, I mean, I did not want to wake up today, so I, I hear you, and that's why we ended with this couple minutes here because, you know, it's tough. It's tough to get into the swing of things. All I will tell folks is, by the time you're listening to this, it's basically already hump day. I mean, the cool thing Let about me, starting the weekend is I want to give another one. Wednesday. Yeah, please. I want to give another one. If you're ever feeling helpless, be helpful. So, like, sometimes I do Ooh. little things like uh, pick up a little trash on the street. I, I it's, it's selfish because I'm really just doing it to make myself feel better, but it's, like, selfishly selfless. Uh, go and Only do you. Only you can, can call the act of picking up someone else's trash selfish. Well, I want to feel good. So, like, I know these things, these triggers help me feel good. So, like, going and picking up trash, going to help someone, uh, buying someone a meal, paying for someone's coffee who's behind you. Little things like that when you're feeling off, it's funny how they could snap you back into feeling hey, good. So, I'll give you one feeling good. Guys, if you're listening to this and you go into the national, send us some messages. Maybe we'll put a post up. I think Andrew and I are going to go to the national. I think we're going to be going to national. But I think we have to do something fun. We have to, like, surprise, you know, like, uh, what do they call it? Like a pop-up. You know, we have to do, like, a flash mob. I'm an old man. I don't know what the right what the right word. We have to do, we have to, like, we're going to say, like, all right, five, five Luca Nation members, meet us here. Let's go. Giveaway time. Let's go. We're going to have to do this, like, I want some ideas. I want to know who's coming to the National. I want to know what we can do for Luca Nation. I want to know who we can meet. You know, who we can see there, where we can meet up with people, what we can do while we're there. It is my first time going to National, if you can believe that. Um, and, uh, you know, while I'm sure there's going to be plenty of events and I'm looking forward to all of them, we do want to make sure that we take time to meet with each and every one of you who's going to be there. And that's not that's not bull. Like, I've met some of you at local shows and people, you know, have messaged me afterwards. Oh, I want to take a picture with you. And I just, you know, I, I didn't, I felt like not asking. Ask. You know what I mean? I'm going to ask. <laughs> if you tell me you're a member of Luke Nation, I want to take a picture with you. So anyway, message us. Let us know, you know, if, 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 if there's something you'd like to see from Andrew and, um, and myself at the National, let us know. We'll see whether or not we can do it. This episode of Luca's Tigers and Bronze was brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. Take it from someone who has personally submitted thousands of cards for grading. HGA slabs just hit different. They're top of the line and color coordinated to match the card itself. The aesthetics are unrivaled in the industry. When paired with the ease of submission and the transparency of the pricing model, 
HGA stands alone as the best choice for grading your cards. I believe that once you try them out, you will agree. Thanks for listening, Luca Nation. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now nah, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.